You're listening to the Prabhu Podcast for August 20th, 2005, sponsored by HariKrishna.com. One of the stories which I often recite is about my first trip to uh, India, which was in 1973. It was really the first worldwide invitation for the devotees to go and meet together in Mayapur. And at that time, Mayapur consisted of um, a partially finished four-story building uh, wherein there was a temple at the bottom and uh, at that time the first two stories were built and the top two stories were still just concrete. I'll, I'll begin uh, actually with the story wherein prior to arriving in Mayapur, Bahodak and I had journeyed to Jayapur where we were looking to find uh, a set of Radha Krishna deities for the Vancouver Temple. We first of all went to uh, Vrindavan. Of course, this was our first trip to Vrindavan, and um, all we had was the stories that Prabhupada had given us, or the Srimad Bhagavatam recitation of what is Vrindavan, uh, according to the Srimad Bhagavatam, 10th Canto, Krishna book. And we got, got off the train in Mayapur. We hadn't really thought it out, so when we arrived, it was quite late in the evening, and of course, to get uh, from the train station uh, to Vrindavan was quite a quite a journey, especially in those days, we had, didn't have a clue uh, how, to, how to get there. So, we just started walking down the road from the railway station. Of course, we were accosted by all the different modes of transportation and uh, not really knowing exactly how to handle that we just decided well let's let's just stay in one of these sort of roadside so-called hotels um, that you find just near the train station but we weren't uh, very much accustomed to those kind of facilities and it was pretty crude to say the least and of course these type of people and uh, those type of situations weren't that strict when it came to you know meeting all uh, Prabhupada's standards as far as foodstuffs and so on. So, but we we weathered through that and uh, managed not to take any unbonafide foods and tried to get a, a night's sleep in a very crude uh, circumstance. Next morning, we decided to take the traditional. Tunga ride uh, with the horse and the two-wheeled Tunga cart. Of course, both of us were over six foot two, and we we climbed up it in this Tunga cart, and the cover, you know, was always banging our heads, and we had to stop him and get him to take it down, and then the sun was beating down on us and so on. But anyway, it. Uh, it was more traditional than taxi, or, and that was probably the only other alternative. <laughs> you can imagine uh, two big Western guys sitting in the back of one of these rickshaws trying to get the, some little guy trying to pedal us all the way to Vrindavan from Mathura. 
But we did arrive, and also the Vrindavan Temple was under construction, and uh, it was, you know, a, a construction site, but basically, with just some little, almost construction rooms where the devotees were living and supervising. Of course, the, then the next day we went off to visit the holy places, and it was quite a, an amazing revelation to see you know what Vrindavan was like in this day and age although it was transcendental and mind-boggling so after staying there for a, a few days we decided that we were going to take the train to go off to Jayapur again we made a mistake I mean it's just a constant series of mistakes in a sense because we didn't have a clue what we were doing but we managed to get to the train station and we saw on the map that there was a train that went to Jaipur. Instead of going back to Delhi, taking the fast train, uh, express train, we decided to take this other train which went across the desert. And that was a long journey <laughs> because this train stopped at every little place and it was a sideline, it was a very slow train. But in due course we made it to Jaipur and in Jaipur it was very it was also very congested and we were told by the devotees where to stay and then we also informed that Jamuna and Guru Das were in Jaipur arranging for the deities for the Vrindavan temple to be built and that they were staying at one you know the number one big murti wala um, in Jaipur so we went and met them and it was quite a nice facility that they were staying in, but they didn't have room for us, so we went down to the hotel and got a room there. Of course, we went and saw uh, the temple, which was surprisingly humble, considering the fact that these were Rupa Goswami's deities that were taken um, off uh, out of his temple in Vrindavan. Some mogul king was persecuting everyone, and tearing down temples and uh, the king of Jaipur who was all, all was uh, was one of the few kings that managed to keep the moguls at bay he moved the deities and built the temple it was just part of the palace complex so of course the palace wasn't kept up but the deities were beautiful and Radha Govinda and we're surprised that how many of the local people came every morning for Mongol Arctic. Then we went to, we had talked to the, of course, the Murtiwala, who was totally engaged in preparing the deities, all those beautiful marble deities for the uh, Krishna Balaram temple. So we, we, he couldn't accommodate us in the time period that we wanted, so we had to uh, go down to the, to the other wallas who were in that same vicinity and go from shop to shop looking for deities and in due course we found them some beautiful deities white marble but they were Sita Ram deities and they were different than Radha Krishna deities but then we then so when we reported this that we couldn't find any Radha Krishna deities then the Murtiwala said well if you buy these deities we will transform them into Radha Krishna deities which became in due course Radhamada Mohan in now residing and have been residing 
since the mid-70s in the temple in Vancouver. So having done that and uh, stayed as for a little while, we then journeyed back to Delhi. And somewhere along this line from going from this whole venture, adventure, of course we were and we had a ticket, an airlines ticket to go to Calcutta. And just prior to to going on the plane to begin the festival, I came down with a what I thought was a very bad case of dysentery. It was probably not bad, but it was dysentery. It wasn't diarrhea or anything. It was just full-fledged dysentery, which, well, I won't go describing what dysentery is like, but it's just very high fever and, and everything else and that goes along with it. So by the time I got off that plane and made it to the Calcutta Temple, and for those who've ever been to the original Calcutta Temple, which I think is still the Calcutta Temple, one can imagine what it was like, I mean, back then especially. And, of course, Calcutta is notorious for bad facilities. There's a, a running water was only going for a few hours a day, and <coughs> all the other devotees had arrived at the same time, and they had flooded the temple with devotees. All new neophyte Westerners had no exposure to the um, to India, and straight off the plane, deposited at this temple, which is relatively small, second floor, <coughs> um, and you know, and I was of course sick, really sick. So the devotees didn't really relate to the fact that I was sick. So all I could do is, you know, find a little spot behind an Elmira steel cabinet and just sort of moan and groan and go through the agony of, of getting over this disease. The Elmira was close to the bathroom, so. But of course there was hardly any water, so you had to go across the road into this so-called lake, which was this sort of a slimy pool. And but uh, due to my young age, I suppose, and I managed to get over that uh, fairly quickly, two, two days, three days, whatever, and make it to Mayapur. I, I can't even remember how I got to Mayapur. I think I did have to go by train because the devotees had gone ahead because I was too sick to go on the regular buses and so on. But I made it a day, a day or so late and uh, made it to Mayapur. This ends Part A of the Prabhu Podcast for August 20th, 2005.